0: and help your child express their needs safely without punishments, yelling, or coddling. If you want to know the answer, you're in the right place. Hello, Megan Thompson here with Megan Thompson Coaching, and today we are speaking all about hair cutting meltdowns. So if you are parenting a sensitive kid who experiences big emotions, and those emotions are out of control, and your kiddo is melting down, hitting, kicking, screaming, uh, freaking out, body on the floor, or running away, and you're struggling to get your kid a haircut, then today you want to listen in to see what works. Now, first things first, I want to cover the challenge that parenting a sensitive kid can pose when you're stuck in the meltdown cycle. So if you're dealing with meltdowns on a daily basis and your child is over the age of two, then it is very important to understand that this is not developmentally appropriate. Meltdowns over the age of four is not developmentally appropriate for any child, even if you're highly sensitive. So when we think about regular meltdowns over the age of four, if that's happening multiple times a week, multiple times or daily or multiple times a day, then it's not developmentally appropriate. It's really important for you to to notice that even if there's a sensory intensity coming on for a highly sensitive child. So I wanna, we're gonna speak all about the haircut experience, going to get your kid's haircut and uh, what to do about that, how to break down the, the cycle today. And it's very important to understand that uh, if your child is over the age of four, then that intensity is likely due to emotional intensity rather than sensory and in- intensity only, and it's really important to understand that. So, let's break down what's going on. Right. So you might be saying to yourself, "Wait a minute, my kid experiences." Um, tactile sensations, things touching their skin uh, as a very intense experience. And you're telling me that we can stop those meltdowns, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. So here's uh, here's what we're talking about. What's important to understand, first things first, is that I understand where you're coming from. It might be very difficult for you to understand uh, or like to, 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 to think that I know what's happening, right? So let's cover it. Highly sensitive kids who don't know how to manage their big emotions can experience the world without those skills as if they're going through the world without skin. Now, if you don't have skin and you're being prickled by those tiny little bits of hair that go anywhere and everywhere when your hair is getting cut and there's a buzzer by your ears or there's shears going shp 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 by your ears. And I'm not, (laughs) I'm not going to try and mimic um, uh, scissors anymore. But that in and of itself is overwhelming. Yes, there's a sensory component to this, your child's uh, sensations are on fire. And it's also true that the nervous system, your body's signal of danger is even more intense when you don't know how to regulate your emotions or you're constantly stressed. So I'm not saying that feeling those teeny tiny little prickles on your skin is not overwhelming for your kid. That was a double negative. <laughs> it is overwhelming for your kid to feel the teeny tiny prickles. Getting a haircut, getting a trim um, is is a sensory experience. Even as an adult who's not highly sensitive, I don't like feeling that, that prickly hair on my back either, right? Um... Their you know hairdressers use the um, the wrap whatever it's called robe I don't know <laughs> uh, whatever it's called I was gonna say body curtain and that's not it <laughs> that's basically what it feels like um uh, and <laughs> they use that for a reason, right? Because for the most part, nobody wants to feel uh, those hair pieces prickling on their skin and because it's messy. Um, and for highly sensitive kids, that doesn't cut it. Uh, but i um, ching, no pun intended. It's not solving the problem, putting that big old uh, tent on your body and, 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 and hoping for that to be enough, right? So sensitive kids can definitely experience an intense amount of emotion as well as physical sensation intensity. I think I already said intense. Um, and, and that's, that's important to, to note that's happening. Yes, it's happening. And your kid can survive a haircut in a hairdresser, a hair salon, uh, with a hairdresser that is absolutely something that you can work towards for your child and i think it's really important because many times when parents bring this up whether they they're addressing this in our facebook group or um yeah that's that's mainly where we see a lot of parents bring this up in the community in the free facebook group that we um that we host and um when that's the case right um a a lot of times we see parents advise just going and, and learning how to cut their kids' hair um, and, and tar- trying to figure out how to do it themselves because maybe mom or, or, or dad or parent or, or, or caregiver is um, a safe communicating adult. They can take their time, they can pace themselves, right? You might be able to pace yourself with your child and, um, and to do it very, very slowly. But if your child's still experiencing that as torturous, then there's still a major issue here with your child's emotional capacity to regulate themselves. And that is not just a sensation experience. We see kids with with tactile touch sensation intensity decrease that intensity time and time again with the parents that we work with through our our program and boot camp and uh, we know that that is just one signal that the meltdown cycle is emotional and uh, intensely um triggered by emotions and it's not um, the only thing right if your kid is only having meltdowns um, because of of uh, touch sensations tactile sensations then that might might be more uh, of an issue related to the sensory component but if your kid's also having meltdowns uh, related to big changes in their lives big challenges uh, feeling like they disappoint other people not getting it right the first time then your child's more likely highly sensitive and their personality trait, which is a temperament. Um, And so if that's the case, then it's not just a sensation issue and you need to make sure that you're not creating um, more environment scenarios that perpetuate the problem, right? So if you're trying to solve the problem uh, right now by learning how to cut your kid's hair um, and, and, and that is Uh, what you're seeing is a solution to help your kid tolerate uh, having their hair cut, I really want to notice that that is a short-term solution. It might get the job done right now, right? might be less painful than watching your kid lose their mind in public in uh, a seat or around other people who are trying to be, you know, have a relaxing experience, right? Getting your hair cut could feel uh, soothing because you're caring for your body, Uh, could feel intentional with that self care. So definitely something that some people enjoy. And so as a parent, if you're taking your kid to a hair salon, you can be really embarrassed if your child is struggling in that moment and your child could feel embarrassed, not only for themselves, but for the other people around them for you. So that obviously adds to the issue. And if your child's having meltdowns in other avenues of their life and other for other reasons, then just bringing your kid home and learning how to cut your kid's hair isn't going to end the meltdown cycle. There is, this is just one part of the puzzle. It is a symptom of a bigger problem. And that's really important because when you think about symptom, you know, thinking of it from a, from a medical standpoint, if your child needs a, um, a, a bigger issue solved, Um, and you're putting a band-aid on something that needs surgery, then that's really, really important to understand. Uh, We need to, we need to turn it around with a better solution, right? So it's important to understand that you cannot uh, just plug up a a, a geyser, right? Um, That's going to pop really quickly and you'll get leaks before it pops. So, um, noticing that and, and noticing that that's, that's only a short-term solution. It's not a long-term solution. It actually can perpetuate the problem. We're going to talk a lot about that today. So, um, and that's really important for you as a parent to notice. So so let's, let's notice that, right? We talked about the nervous system. What happens when your child's skin feels like it doesn't have any skin, right? If you didn't have any skin and you're pouring little bits of freshly cut hair and, and all of its prickliness um, on your um, you know, wound, uh, that's going to feel weird. It's going to feel uncomfortable, right? I'm trying not to be graphic. And it's also true that this is a graphic experience your kid is having in their own body. And we need to legitimize that. We need to make sure that you understand this is a big deal for your kid because they don't have all the skills to regulate their emotions. And so when that's the case, then the the just figuring out how to get their hair cut another way doesn't help your kid feel powerful doesn't help your kid feel capable and that's really really important because when you think about what you're doing when you learn how to cut your kid's hair sure you're handling the hygiene right? If your child needs to wear a certain haircut f- in order to, to meet school requirements, um, if your child needs to, to wear a certain haircut in order to make brushing hair less, um, less of a debacle at home, then you have needs that are time sensitive. And, and so right now, cutting your kid's hair might be a temporary solution. But When you're doing that, you need to also be working on teaching your child how to regulate their emotions because you won't be able to create that same solution for other sensory intensities. And it's really important to not be short sighted on this because we see this time and time again. We see parents over and over again celebrating their kids being fully capable of wearing underwear after eight weeks of working on emotion regulation through, you know, in our work together, where their their child was having knockdown, drag out, 90 minute meltdowns no way jose i am not putting those that clothing on right we see clothing meltdowns go away children feel capable of tolerating the discomfort or being able to notice that it's not that big of a deal and that is an emotional assessment right so when sensory tactile intensity on the skin um issues are added to emotional intensity then that can really create a lot of muddy waters for you as a parent. You're wondering, is this that big of a deal from a sensory standpoint? Or is it just emotions? And if it's just emotions, can my kid quote unquote, grow out of it? Can my kid move on from this intensity? Can they feel capable? And we see that happen time and time again for our clients. And so I think it's really, really important to notice that children can feel capable of tolerating physical discomfort when they learn how to tolerate and manage their emotions and feel capable of managing their emotions. And so uh, I think that's really, really crucial. Now, what's also important to notice is that your child might have a sensory intensity, they might meet criteria for sensory processing disorder. And as a result, are and and are also highly sensitive, that might be true, you know, you can go ahead and watch my video describing that, um, or, or, or listen to to our show describing that. Um, we're not going to cover that today. And um, two things can be true. Your child can have the the personality trait and meet the criteria for sensory processing disorder. And if that's the case, your child needs strategies, sensory strategies that will help them tolerate that um, sensation more effectively and those strategies are uncomfortable. So if your kid is in OT, uh, receiving occupational therapy, or you're working on, on this intensity um, yourself by trying to wrap your kid's neck with a towel, um, by trying to capture all of the hair immediately by using scissors and holding the hair and quickly throwing it out of, of the way so that it doesn't fall on your kid. Um, uh, we've seen parents say that they cut their kid's hair when they're sleeping so that they are um, unconscious when, um, and, and so therefore not able to consciously notice it, right? So so if that's the case, um, then the, then there's clearly some intense sensations going on for your kid, but there's also an emotional component. And when the emotions are calm, not unconscious, I'm not encouraging you to, to only cut your kid's hair when they're conked out, Um And, 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 and so, you know, when your when your kids' emotions are calm, they're going to be able to be more receptive to the sensory intense, um, strategies that you need to use. So we see time and time again, parents who have their kids in occupational therapy, either speed up that, um, speed up that prognosis, that work in the treatment plan, or, uh, notice that, uh, the need for sensory support is much less, um, of a requirement once the emotion regulation is on board and, um, and, and working effectively. And so I really want to speak about that now functioning effectively, I guess is a better word. Cause I always say your kid's not broken. doesn't mean that something's not working. It's just inefficient and it's, and it's not effective. Right? So let's cover that, right? It is completely inefficient for you to have to stop everything, to, to clear your house, to, to clean up everything. And, um, and, and to learn learn how to, how to uh, cut your kid's hair um, and, and to, to do that compared to being able to run the errand and, and take your child to a hair salon. And so you can chalk it up to picking your battles and saying, you know what, we'll deal with it when my kid's older. And my question to you is uh, how are you gonna teach your child to be ready when they're older? The same thing is, is very important to notice is, is Uh, that this type of sensation intensity doesn't go away without emotion regulation skills in combination with sensory uh, related skills. If your child is actually experiencing an intense sensation and it's not just because of the fear of what if the scissors cut them or the fear of, of um, you know what if they, they don't like the haircut, right? So the, so a lot of that could be very well just emotional and your child is struggling with that. And we, it's very important to understand uh, that, that that difference needs to be teased out uh, because approaching emotions, sensations from the, the side of emotions is always um, relevant. And so when we think about this from the standpoint of noticing that you're focusing on solving the problem related to haircuts, um, that's just one part of the puzzle, right? So it's, it's also important to notice for your kid that if they're going to go to the dentist and that sensation of getting their teeth cleaned is really um stressful and and they feel that that toothbrush on their on their teeth they hear the buzzing of the toothbrush the bright lights even if your kid's dentist is giving them sunglasses all of that is very very intense and with um, with that experience you won't be able to help your kid um, forego the dentist right Um, there there are some medical concerns that you want to stay on top of so you can't go get a dental degree in, you know, in, in a year in order to keep on top of your kid's dental appointments. So, so sure, maybe cutting your kid's hair is a temporary solution, but it doesn't teach how to support your child with the underlying cause of why they're freaking out. And, uh, and that's really important to, to notice and to make sure that you're parsing and, and spacing uh, your progress there. Um, it, it, it teaches your child that they're not capable. And it also teaches your child that Um, that you walk on eggshells that you don't believe that they're capable that you need to go learn skills and they um, that their skills are supposed to work and they don't um, and so as a result, you as a parent are the one that's, that's supposed to learn all the skills. And so when we think about that, that doesn't send the message to your kid that they can control their own experiences, that they can choose how they experience something. And um, obviously telling your kid that without teaching them the skills is super invalidating, right? Um, hey kid, this isn't that big of a deal. You should just suck it up is not what we're talking about here. We're not talking about teaching your kid to just suck it up and deal. Uh, that's that's very, very invalidating, and it teaches your child that they should already have the skills that they don't. And the opposite, which is, I'm a parent, I should only be the one learning skills, also is counterproductive. So that's really important to understand. And we see countless times parents whose kids are, are just uh, ignoring the haircuts and not taking care of it, um, not from a self-expression standpoint, right? So obviously, uh, I, I have no... no um, qualms about kids of, of any gender having hair at, at different lengths. That's not what I'm talking about, that they, that your kid needs to fit any sort of, um, uh, fashionable mold. What I'm talking about is being able to ensure that your kid has, fits their hygiene needs and, uh, and, and you not having to learn all the skills without your kid learning those skills. So, um, What you want to be able to do is teach your child that they can teach them that they're capable, that they're managing their own um, capacity to do that. And you need to be able to do that playfully, systematically, help your child learn what it feels like um, to feel that hair prickly on their skin, to feel that hair prickly on their on their neck without freaking out. And that obviously takes time. It takes skills for you as a parent, um, not hairdressing skills. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but emotion regulation skills for you as a parent, and then you need to be able to teach your child those emotion regulation skills next. Now, we know for sure that, that highly sensitive children learn best through learning skills through their parents. Their parent, The parent-child relationship is the catalyst for kids feeling totally capable of managing their own emotions. That it has been proven time and time again in uh, multiple research studies. By uh, several highly sensitive researchers. And um, that relationship is not only first and foremost the, the catalyst for that change, but also um, because right now, if you don't feel capable of leading your child, your child is going to read that from you. So it goes both ways. Um, even if you think you have uh, enough skills to regulate your own emotions, if you don't know how to teach your child to regulate their emotions, they, uh, they read you like a book. And so that's really important to understand as well. So you need to be the one teaching your child those skills. And uh, many of you who have been following us for a while or have just found us, might have struggled with that might feel like you're throwing all the st- the skills at the wall to see what sticks might feel like your kid is learning a skill and it works for a week and then you're playing whack-a-mole because it stops working it loses the novelty so what that means is that there are some pretty key components in your strategy that's missing you might be teaching skills that are relevant uh, but I speak often to my uh, my clients that uh, one of the things that's important to understand that th- is that there's a recipe to the success that success um Requires certain steps to be happening in certain order, and we've helped uh, over 200 families at this point break out of that meltdown shutdown cycle. And in in order to notice that there there's certain steps that happen in certain orders, we I I like to liken it to um, to baking brownies. Right, you you're you're gonna get salmonella if you put the eggs on last. Um, your, your brownies are also going to taste less tasty if you use uh, confectioner's sugar compared to granulated sugar, right? Um, your child might also have certain needs. You need, might need to use gluten-free flour and xanthan gum instead of, um, instead of wheat flour or white flour, and uh, that requires an expert's uh, not only opinion but also experience and troubleshooting back and forth with you as a parent. And, and so that's why the, the supports that you need not only require a system, but also direct troubleshooting. And so that's why we support our clients with uh, 24-7 access to us. We respond to parents in, um, in, in, in coaching support outside of a direct appointment so that you can address things like, how do I get my kids' hair cut on a Saturday, right? Um, for, you know, Auntie Jane's um, or, or, you know, cousin, cousin, Julie's communion tomorrow. Right. Um, and, and, and that need is, uh, can be pressing or time sensitive and, and parents who are stuck in this cycle. Uh, it's really hard to wait a week to see if the strategy you're using is effective. If you're going to weekly appointments to, to turn this around, that can be one of the reasons why things aren't working well for you. So, I think about being able to choose how to break out of this cycle um, it might be that you need to work with a professional to do that and and so if that's the case and you're considering working with our team i would encourage you to book a call with us i don't know if we can help you uh, my team and i need to have a conversation or, or you know one of us that needs to have a conversation with where you're stuck again like i mentioned if this is a meltdown cycle you're in daily, multiple times a day or multiple times a week where your kiddo is losing their mind and their big behaviors are, are, are super intense, uh, then there's a cycle here and that needs to be, to, to be broken down and shifted out of. You need to be able to playfully express emotions clearly and, and concisely with your child so that they feel capable. You need to be able to give your kid feedback in an effective way so they don't experience shame when you're giving them that feedback so they don't shut down and feel incapable. And you need to be able to do that in a strategic way so that you're not targeting every single behavior at once. And uh, that exhausts you. It also exhausts your child and perpetuates the problem. And so there, there needs to be a certain order to tackle some of these big behaviors so that your child feels capable and uh, you experience success so you keep going. <laughs> um, so... Here's the deal. If if we think that we're a fit, we'll tell you all about how that works on that phone call. But if we think that there's something that is more appropriate, like for example, um, solely occupational therapy, uh, local to your to your own community, then we let you know that, um, and and we support you in figuring out what would be the best fit, what sort of training a professional needs to serve you, and uh, and and that obviously requires a phone conversation. Um, so we're happy to have that conversation it is free so go ahead and book that call with our team i encourage you first to to go ahead and and head over to our masterclass if you're stuck in the meltdown cycle and um and you don't know how to break out of it, watch what we teach works. Um, and, and head over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash five steps. And that'll send you over to our, um, our free masterclass. And you can take a look at the five shifts that our parents make, uh, the clients that we work with make to break out of that meltdown cycle. And then for, uh, for parents of teens, you go over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash five steps underscore teen uh, to watch the the webinar that we have the master class we have for you to um, to to learn if you're parenting a teen who's shutting down and, and struggling intensely with their big emotions and sensations um that they're experiencing so I encourage you to go ahead over to that to those trainings take a look at it and um and and we'll talk to you soon bye Thanks for joining me for this episode of How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. We release a brand new episode every week, so be sure to click subscribe. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in hearing more about how to eliminate the meltdown cycle, I invite you to check out our free masterclass where we cover the five steps our clients use to eliminate the daily meltdowns. You can register for the next training at meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash five steps. That's the number five, S-T-E-P-S meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash five steps. Have a great day.